Welcome to our weekly devotion. We're looking this week at Acts chapter 16 in order to answer the question, how did the Europe, or sorry, how did how did the gospel first go to Europe? I think if you were to ask people, they would probably say Christianity is a European religion. They might have some sense that, well, it started in Israel, but since then it's been a European religion and it's closely knit together with Western civilization. But of course, uh, it did start in Israel and it was initially going more towards cities in what is called Asia. We might call it Asia Minor or present day Turkey. So how did the Europeans end up hearing the gospel. And Acts chapter 16 gives us that story. And primarily, or first and foremost, this begins with the Holy Spirit. In verse 6, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia, or Asia Minor. That might have opened the door, though, if they would have continued in that direction, to uh, Asia proper. Could have gone all the way over to India and China. We know that later that the Apostle Thomas went to India, but this could have happened in the book of Acts. Instead, Paul has a vision of a Macedonian man pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So after he'd seen that vision, he concludes the Lord is calling them to preach the gospel in that area. Now, from there, if I was to ask someone the question, how did Christianity get established in Europe? They'd probably say, well, Paul went to Athens great capital of Greece, the city of wisdom, and he spoke with the philosophers. So you might think of that, the way you establish a religion is you go to the capital, and whatever's happening in the capital is what people in the country pay attention to, supposedly, on that model. But And we do see Paul go to Athens, but that's the next chapter. That's chapter 17, and that's not even the first city in chapter 17. Or you might think of the, the uh, Philippian jailer, and that well-known story of uh, the, the jail being rocked by an earthquake and the prisoners being freed and the jailer's ready to kill himself. And Paul says, no, wait, no one has left. And the jailer converts and he and his whole household are baptized. But no, actually before that, here's what we read. They came to Philippi, which is a uh, colony of Macedonia, and they stay in that city for several days. And verse 13, on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customly made, customarily made, and sat down and spoke to the women who met there. So verse 13, I'm highlighting that here for your attention. A group of women having a prayer meeting is, the, uh, is what's going on here. Outside of the city of Philippi, by the riverside, these women are meeting. And I think we can quickly overlook this verse and go on to uh, other things like the speech in Athens. And, and that's one of my favorite speeches. I'm not, not suggesting it's not a great speech, but we quickly overlook 13 and what's going on, a prayer meeting with these women. And they're praying for the gospel. And it says, a, a certain woman, Lydia, heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God. And the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. So this woman, Lydia, converting, and she and her household were baptized. So it was before the Philippian jailer, and she begs us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And so she persuaded us. 
And so it's from there that we then get the story of Saul and Silas imprisoned and the Philippian jailer. And then some of the other cities and eventually Athens. But first we have this prayer meeting. I think we need to reflect on the way that we often find women in the New Testament in their faithfulness, the women who are going to the tomb, the women who bring back word to the apostles that Jesus is risen. Here we have these women meeting to pray and how powerful that is and how prayer, we don't want to overlook prayer. We don't want to overlook the role of women in spreading the gospel because sometimes people can get into arguments about, about roles, positions. Can you have uh, deaconesses, female as well as male deacons? Can you have uh, female pastors? And so we'll talk about the role, biblical roles assigned and why they're assigned in the way they are. But that's a kind of narrow view of how the gospel spreads. Like there's just these roles or just the, that specific job versus no, the gospel spreads beginning with prayer. The gospel spreads through faithfulness. The gospel spreads through diligently seeking the Lord. And that role is never left out in the new Testament. So verses verse 13 Acts chapter 16, verse 13. On the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Faithful women meeting to pray, and then the conversion of Lydia and the baptism of her whole household. Let's remember that as we think about our own desire to see a revival. Let's bring that to the Lord in prayer faithfully praying for that and seeking the Lord's guidance in that. And we know that those kinds of prayers are answered and that that's the first part of thinking about how to spread the gospel. So thanks for joining me today for our daily devotion.